All right, welcome back for part two of this episode. You can catch this video podcast over on my YouTube channel if you are interested. Otherwise, let's jump right back into the episode. You know, the relationships between, you know, saints and sinners, and I'm using that because that's the terms we typically use. But I just gave you the most extreme example. You I did. <laughs> I know. You really, really did. But I'm going to work with it. I'm, I'm going to use that legal justification <laughs> brain. To work uh, but, but I say that to say, you know, Jesus was doing his work. He wasn't in the synagogue doing most of his work. Doing, right. Most of his work with people that con- that were considered outcasts, people that were considered sinners, people that were not considered worthy um, and mm. not only of God's love and acceptance. Ooh, ooh, and, worthy. Right. So I, I say that to say that, yeah, a friendship can, you know, there could be a drastic change mm. and there still could be a genuine relationship with the understanding, knowing of having, letting that person evolve, having the freedom to evolve. And then also not being judgmental, mm. um, you know, when that friendship shifts, I mean, things happen and not taking it personally. I, that's easier said than done. But I, I really do think that there could be a, a, a shift a dramatic shift and still be considered a genuine relationship. I do. Elise, girl, you just went through so much. I just, (laughs) oh, I'm like, can we slow that? Can we run it back? (laughs) She said worthy. She said permission and freedom to be. You said the, the ability to evolve as a human in the relationship. Like, oh my God, this, each of these things is like, Wow. I feel like if you don't have those things, is it a friendship? Because it doesn't, you don't have to be on the same page to be considered a genuine relationship. Like even as you were talking, I'm thinking about the way that a lot of my relationships have shifted dramatically. And I think that if it is not stated, then you can feel like, am I really still close to this person? Or mm-hmm. can I really still say that that's my home girl or whatever? Um, you know, if we're not doing the same things and I feel like, absolutely. Like one person in particular comes to my mind. Um, we used to, when I say we went through the whole gamut of our evolutions somewhat together, maybe even side by side in some situations, like sometimes her a little bit before me, then me a little bit before her. And now it's like we are on different paths, but the same level, if that makes sense. I know what you mean. And I'm like, I love her so much. And I think about, you know, these episodes that I do, or even like when I um, hang out with people and stuff. And I'm like, I hope she doesn't feel like there's not room for her in my heart. Cause that would be mm. false. Mm-hmm. Like she's still my home girl. She's still mm-hmm. one of the people that I think about regularly, even without us having the same type of interactions mm-hmm. that we used to have together. Mm-hmm. And so like, But I also think going back to something that you said earlier in this episode, you said a level of maturity. And I think that's another ingredient there because you have to be mature enough to recognize that just because someone 
doesn't call you every day, doesn't talk to you every day, might forget to text you back, may not invite you to every little thing that they do or whatever the case is, that doesn't mean that there's not love or space in their heart for you. Right, right, right. Right. And I feel like if you maybe don't like, and I'm now I'm switching gears and talking to the person who might be feeling like that. If you don't like the way that your relationship is going and you want to, to, to take, you know, maybe a different role, then I would, you know, maybe encourage you to like invite that person to have a conversation about what you want the relationship to look like. And, you know, maybe it's feasible for your schedule. Maybe it's not. Because like I think about us, the spots that we're in right now, you know, she was married before me. She had kids before me. So there was that that she had. And I didn't have that experience. I was like right behind her. But then I started my business and she didn't have that experience. And now she has a business. So that's where I'm like, we're functioning in the same like capacities in terms mm -hmm. of like what we're doing mm -hmm. but also we just don't interact the same way and it's just because of life right 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 yeah so yeah, yeah. i think we all relate to that where we have those friendships where you know one person may be doing something before the other person but at some point it may not be in the same point in time but you catch up or you're able to reflect and have those shared experiences and you know me i i don't say you know, but I'm a late bloomer when it comes to this whole, you know, motherhood thing. Right. So most of my friends, they, you know, two, three children, um, you, it's established, you know, or at least one child. And it's just like, OK, you know, and I couldn't relate. You know, I, I could not relate to that. Like I, I couldn't relate to motherhood. I'm like, because I haven't done that yet. Yeah. Um, So when they're talking about picking the kids up from games and scheduling stuff, even though, you know, I'm a wife. I just didn't have that experience yet, but you're absolutely correct. Sometimes you have to sit down with people and have those conversations um, just to make sure you are solidifying the connection that you all have and mm -hmm. making sure those relationships don't go by the wayside. And I want to, I guess I want to, the, the word that's standing out to me that I want to tap into, I feel like you already know worthy, worthy, like, Wow. Because I think worthy can be like the matter of worth can be in. It could be like something that is subconsciously in the back of our minds. And when we see another person being successful by our standards or whatever, we count ourselves as unworthy mm. of mm. that relationship or that friendship. And then we start to. I think behave as though we are unworthy mm. when the other person's perspective about you has not shifted in the slightest bit. Like, right. you know, if we're talking about this whole business ownership thing, you know, I know you're a business owner, I'm a business owner, but most of my friends are not business owners. Right. Most people aren't. Yeah. And so it's like, I, I have come into contact with people that are like, Oh my God, you're this, podcast hosts and business and you know just all these little hype words and everything you know but you are. Like, yes I have achieved those things and yes that is who I am but that says nothing about the matter of like worthiness right like and um 
it, it also goes back to what you were talking about at the beginning when you were like this bougie thing and that stature and right. everything. It's so hard, right? <laughs> right. It's so hard navigating that because in reality, the world and I'm using the world very loosely. Like when I'm saying the world, I mean like um, economic status or uh, positioning in life uh, in terms of like career and everything. The world looks at a difference in jobs and stuff like that. Because of course, like in some stuff you have to, but when it comes to just being human, which all of us are at our core, when it comes to just being human it's not a matter of worthiness mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i just think we count ourselves out far too mm -hmm. often mm -hmm. um it. so like kind of going back to that what elements do you think are necessary for friendships to be considered lifelong we've actually stated some elements throughout the course of this conversation um the one thing, one of the things I would say, as I mentioned earlier, um, vulnerability, that's yeah. not, you know, and, and that being reciprocal, not just one person. And but consistent vulnerability. That's it. Yep. Yeah. And consistency, if, that can be the next one. Consistency Facts. as well. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you and I, we both have busy schedules. Uh, you know, we might forget to respond to a text. I, you know, I forget. I, guilty. You know, so I think I'm still supposed to pick a date, right? <laughs> we ain't gonna talk about that on here, okay? But no, I think I think we got we we okay on the date thing. But I think, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You, yeah, you followed up. But I didn't take that personally because I know if we we have this friendship and it's going to last, that there's gonna be and you show up for me. If the, I know if I call you today and mm -hmm. I say, okay, see, this is what I'm going through. You know, you're gonna have ear to listen and then space in your heart to receive what I'm saying about what I'm going through. And I say that to say that consistency is the key. It may the consistency is, Oh, does she respond to my text messages right away? It's really when things really matter, when you need to you know, matters of the yeah. heart and things of that nature. Um, also there has to be some element of um, some sort of spiritual connection. Mm -hmm. um, and that doesn't necessarily mean, okay, I'm a Christian. Great. Seed is a Christian. Great. But there has to be this sense of a higher level or a higher purpose of why you two are building this. Oh, wait, girl. I'm not a small talker, so I don't do well in situations with small I'm not. You you know that. You know, and I don't either. That's why we get along so right. well. <laughs> so you know, if if I'm in a, a, an environment where there is a lot of people, and I may not be familiar with those people, I you know, I'm I'm not gonna start small. I don't care about the weather. Like I don't care about that type of stuff. Not but you all. get me in a setting where we're we're having some real conversations. I'm more likely to open up. But that's that connection on a spiritual level that you have yeah. to have to establish, you know, a lifelong relationship. Mm. And then I guess we can go back to what we're we're talking about, um, the evolution. Mm -hmm. That that I think that's an element too. being able to involve both parties um, and, and not in that evolution, not causing any tension or jealousy or uh, I think that's important as well. 
Because when you're growing, uh, when you're living this life, you should be growing. Anything's not growing is dead, you know. Or dying. Right. (laughs) So I I say all that to say that I think for me, uh, just to name a few, that's necessary for a lifelong. And and life is a long time. I know people say life is short. Life is really long. Um, So those would be the elements for me. I think you also brought up an element, but didn't highlight this element that is so important. When you were talking about the phone call thing, Mm. that is a reliable, safe space. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think that's another thing that has set our friendship apart because I have had some people where it's like, yes, girl, this was great. Like I felt safe with you. We both talked about stuff, you know, that's not service level or whatever. And then you fast forward to the next time and it doesn't feel safe because Mm. you, the person, or maybe me, you feel inconsistent in your character. Mm. And for me, that's a red flag. Mm. So like, and it and I and I say a red flag because it may not be that you're not trying to be an authentic friend to me. I leave room, of course, because I'm a therapist. I leave room for your trauma. I leave room for your life stuff. But I think that that is like super important because the 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 amazing women that I connect myself to, one most often when we call each other or when we talk to each other, we say, "Hey, girl, do you got the capacity for this?" Exactly. That's first and foremost. Like, yeah. I know we hear that, yeah. but no, me and my friends, we actually do that. Like, how right. you doing? How you right. feeling? Right. Can I vent to you? Is it okay? Exactly. Do you have a second? Exactly. And then you kind of take off. But, you know, there's that piece. But then there's also like, even if I'm going through my stuff, even if I am hurting, even if I have a lot of things on my brain when you call me and you say, hey, do you have the capacity? Hey, can I talk to you? My, in my mind, with my friends, and this is just me, I know some people might have whatever, for certain people in my life, I'm never going to not have the capacity, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'm never going to not have the capacity for you because you have a special place in my heart. Right. And so that means that I have the ability to say, Oh, I'm I'm really struggling with this. This get on my nerves today, whatever. But I gotta be here for sis, right? Like right. I I gotta tap in for you. What's good, right. girl? Let's let's go, right? right? And so I think the reliability of having that safe space, we underestimate that so much. Like, yeah, and it can look different, right? Yeah. Like the times that either of us has been bothered by something or uh you know, just needed a safe space. It ranged from a whole big thing. Like, you know, girl, I'm going to launch this program to girl. I'm nervous about this in my personal life or girl, the Holy spirit said this, like there's a wide range, but what is underlying is the reliability. So the ability to rely on one another and then the consistent safe space, I feel like that would be the thing that I would add to that Mm -hmm. because, Oh no, I just feel like that's like so underestimated. And then we wonder like, well, why, why people started acting different or why things shifted in the relationship? Well, probably because they didn't feel safe. Right. And then you have to work harder to establish that safety again. Right. And I know for me, if I don't feel safe, I'm a backup. 
And if right. I back up, you gonna be looking like, well, what happened? What's going on? Right. Right. And I'm gonna just, you know, conduct my assessment and still be who I am. You know, not phony or fake or anything like that, but maybe not giving you quite the level of vulnerability as I was before, because also to leave room for the fact that maybe I was wrong. Mm. Maybe I misjudged how far we were into this friendship. Maybe mm. I went too fast. You know mm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. I just good. think about those elements. Okay. So last question um, regarding this before we tap into the regular guest questions. Yeah. All right. Um, People say that, you know, you have friends for a reason, a season, and a lifetime. In your opinion, should a person aim for lifelong friendships or should they learn to live with people coming and going? Why or why not? And I and I ask this question because I think both are normal. That's just me. <laughs> yes. Um, I would concur. <laughs> I I don't necessarily think that everyone you encounter um, is a lifelong partner or friend. You know, there are people that are there, like you said, for a reason, a season, a lifetime. And you have to appreciate those relationships and friendships for what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, this could be me being judgmental. I try my hardest not to be judgmental. <laughs> but I, I think it's something innately wrong with someone if every person that they're trying to establish a connection or friendship with they're aiming for it to be lifelong does that make sense there may be some attachment issues um, going on because i'm just being real i mean you ain't lying (laughs) look i I, i'm no social i don't have that professional background with mental health that you do but but in all all seriousness i think there could be some attachment issues there if if you're looking at every relationship as a lifelong or or developing a lifelong um Mm. relationship or friendship so not necessarily aiming for that but just accepting that everyone that comes into your life is not going to be one of your lifelong you know partners, members, friends, whatever the case may be. And yet you, you need to set boundaries though. So the the second part of that, you know, about the coming and going, my life is not a revolving door. Okay. My life is not a revolving door. Um, I'm a very, uh, I try to be consistent. Um, I like stability, so I am a boring friend, okay? (laughs) You know, if you're one of those people that's thrill-seeking and all that, you ain't calling the least, you know, I I may bungee jump, depending on how I feel that day. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a boring friend, stuff. I'm I'm just saying. That's dangerous, actually, like, but I would go. But no, but, but I would some go. People, you know, no, for real. Because some people bungee jump and skydive, that's what they want to do. You know what I'm saying? So, but for me, it's not something that I would enjoy to do on my in my spare time. But I, you know, the coming and going, that part eyebrow raise because I'm like, no, nah, you're not just gonna be coming and going in and out of my life. Like, what the can't keep coming in and out of my life. That's the song that hey. I just, right. So that's what I just <laughs> thought about. You are not gonna keep coming and going out of my life, but there is this recognition that. Everyone you develop a friendship with is not going to be there for a lifetime. Things happen. Rather, if it happens organically, there's a drift because there's a dramatic change in the friendship, whatever the case may be. But I do not think you should aim for every friendship to be a lifelong friendship because that's those are special types of relationships. Mm-hmm. Those are, you know, you, you don't get that with everybody. You can't make that connection with everybody. 
Mm. Yeah. And I think just to slow that down, because I feel like somebody listening is like, what? Why wouldn't you aim for that? To slow that down, let's think about the mean girls from third grade. You really want to be lifelong friends with them? Like, no. Okay. (laughs) Just no. Right. (laughs) Which is not to say people can't change and all of that. But like, I mean, some people, that's just not even their purpose. Like we talk about destiny starters and purpose pushers and people that do that, like even character builders, them mean girls in third grade was character builders. You needed to run into them so you can be who you are. Lady Justice. I'm just kidding. I don't know if you had any third grade bullies or whatever. Girl, you you know what? I feel like God tell you stuff. (laughs) No, for real. We'll talk about this off the podcast. But third grade was a very significant year for me for character building where Mm. my mama aka my grandma because that's the story too you know uh came up to the school and had some choice words because Ooh. of character I, saw, I feel like god he, he be tapping in but no in all seriousness like you know third grade was an interesting year for me in regards to what was going on um in, in my life as a child but i say all that to say you're absolutely correct they help build who Elise is today, and I am thankful for every one Come of them. Come on, <laughs> hallelujah! I promise, I ain't know nothing about your. Third I know grade you didn't. Now. That's why when you said third grade, I'm like, what in the Jesus, Joseph, and Mary? Is sis gave a whole grade? That grade is very accurate. There's a story behind that grade, and we'll chat about it later. Girl, I'm calling you stories. as we turn off this mic. <laughs> okay. So um, now headed on to the guest questions that I ask everybody. What makes you feel inspired to be your best self? Um, You know, truthfully speaking, it used to be, and this is where my mindset was, um, making my um, family proud. That really was. I used to, you know, when I was younger, not so much now, not saying that I don't make them proud, but it was more so of, <laughs> well, we okay. know you do, honey. All the awards you got. Oh, Y'all better look up. I keep trying to tell you, Lady Justice Chicago. <laughs> but I used to be like, okay, I have to be the best self, the best person I can be because I watched, you know, my grandmother who raised me. Um, and, and let me clarify because sometimes people, my mother was killed because of gun violence. She was an innocent bystander. Um, in a crossfire shooting on the south side of Chicago in Inglewood when I was um, four years old. So I say that to say that a lot of me um, trying to be the best version of myself came from I watched my grandmother do so much to sacrifice and make sure that we had the best, you know, of things that I'm like, okay, that was my inspiration to be the best person of, that I could be. Uh, I would say today, now, what makes me feel inspired to be my best self is the vision of who I know or what I know God created me to be. I think that that's my inspiration. So for the past years, I would say, um, you know, because and I say this, I used to joke all the time with one of my other good friends. I can't wait till I turn 30. Now I'm I'm over 30. We ain't gonna say how many years I'm over 30. <laughs> but I would say, you know, in, in the past years, it's more so of, you know what? I know God created me for a purpose. 
And I'm excited to do that in those things. So that's what makes me inspired to know that I'm here for a reason. I'm here for a purpose and I'm going to work towards fulfilling the purpose God has for my life. And now the song that popped into my head is tap, tap, tap in. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, come on. What does it mean to show somebody real love? You know, we on a lavish podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, for real love, you know, there, the, you know, the five love languages. That's real big. What Gary Chapman, I think that was the author of that. Mm-hmm. Author. So I think to show real love, and, and my definition of real love is evolving too, right? Like everything's mm-hmm. an evolution. So I say that to say to be able to love someone in their love language. So mm-hmm. it's easy for us to receive how we want to be loved. You know, right. rather, you know, it's easy, but to actually make the adjustments to show someone, okay, I love you and I'm going to attempt to love you in the way that you receive love, because that's mm-hmm. very, very important. Uh, so I think that has a lot to do with it is loving someone the way that they want to be loved and not loving someone the way we expect to be loved. Yes. And I even think about that going along with the love languages by um, Dr. Chapman. Yeah. I think that you can do like when people think about that, they're like, but it's so hard to try to love somebody in another language. No, I mean, it is, but it's not. It just requires a little bit of thought. Right. Because you can love someone the way that you love them while still loving them the way that they want to be loved. Mm. And this is what Say I that again. That. Say that again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can love someone the way that you love them while loving them the way they want to be loved. Mm-hmm. So for me, one of my well, actually, both my love languages, acts of service and gifts. Right. I love to give gifts. I love like serving people. So the way that I love on people in that way is to like when I'm giving a gift, but also doing a service. So let's say one of my favorite ways to love on like new moms is to bring them a care package. Right. And so if I know that they are a person that loves words of affirmation, maybe one of the things that I'm gifting them is a, 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 a piece of art like this hanging behind me that says affirming words. I'm writing them a card that says something that means something to them. And I am also like bringing them a care package, but maybe I wash the dishes while I'm there or, you know what I'm saying? So there's ways to do like a combo effect, or even if, you know, someone's love language is a uh, physical touch. Right. Mm-hmm. And so my physical touch, I come to visit you at the service, maybe, you know, me loving in my love language. I come to visit you when you are feeling down and I'm just rubbing your shoulder mm-hmm. or maybe I rub your feet or something for mm-hmm. you. Maybe I rub your back or mm-hmm. do your hair or something like mm-hmm. that. So there's ways to love simultaneously in your language and in theirs. You just got to put some thought into it. That's good. Okay, so what is one big dream you have that you wish were a reality? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. one, one big dream that I have. That all about the vision architect bringing the dreams to life over here. So this is like when you when you say this and you think about it. I want to almost say, like, consider this your time stamp, because when your dream comes to life you're going to have this as the proof that you said this was what you wanted. 
Okay, so <laughs> all this pressure, I'm sweating right now. Um, <laughs> I said you want to go deep. <laughs> I know, my gosh, okay. Um, no, um, I have not. I think my husband is the only person that knows this. Um, one of my things... Outside of having a non-for-profit, that's a whole nother thing. But actually building a foundation. Mm. And um, what I mean by building a foundation is like a foundation, you know, um, representative of um, my mother and memorializing her and passing and knowing the things that she considered important in life, being able to pass that on um, Mm. to others, especially in um, neighborhoods with lower socioeconomic statuses and like high levels of violence, rather that's, you know, gun violence or domestic violence or whatever the case may be. Um, having that foundation and, and helping build those communities up um, and offering, you know, the resources and tools and, and scholarships um, and things of that nature. Stop smiling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when people do this part, I cannot help it. Because that's the vision architect in me. I'll be seeing what you're saying. I'm I like, know. girl, you got you want to that. smiling. Yeah, so I, I already have a name for it. Um <laughs> it's been there for a while, the name. But yeah, um uh memorializing the 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 legacy, the short legacy that my mom Ooh. left. Um, it's, it's very important to me. Um, and, and that's one of those things that I know I would be able to honor her, um, but not only honor her, but honor the calling that's on my life and helping the community um, that I really wish was a reality now. I know things take time, you know, but I say that say that would be it. That's the biggest thing. The big dream. See, you, you got me out here big leaping. We're going to timestamp that because first of all, when I even said that, I I never told anybody that even though that's what this segment of the podcast is for. But I felt that this is yep. a timestamp. So, <laughs> so you're going to look back. When you okay. when you do your opening, when you cutting the ribbon okay. to your foundation, and you okay. be like, wow, I said that on a pod. Wow. All mm-hmm. right. Fair enough. <laughs> What makes you laugh? Um, I'm a silly person and most people probably don't expect me to be a silly person. <laughs> so I probably laugh at like the most strange or in the most inopportune moments. I mean, if I'm in court or something, that's completely different. But I, I can, maintain. I'd be right, I have to keep it straight. <laughs> but I actually can find humor in almost anything so i guess i laugh at a lot of stuff my thing is um when i get the time like television shows so like Mm -hmm. i'm a big the nanny fan and the office like i can sit there and watch those shows all the time so i would say probably more so i can find humor i think you know joy we all need joy and laughter but what makes me laugh probably a good sitcom i sit down dig van dyke oh look I mean, I love. I'm serious. Like I, I love, and not so much slapstick humor, but it's just a certain craftiness. Um, yeah, the like office. The, the office. I think right? a lot of my friends like the office, which <laughs> I feel like it's very telling. Yeah, okay, girl, there was this the office had this, I don't know if it's still there and I'm actually upset with myself. They had like this the office um 
you would go in and do like this tour. Um, and I was supposed to get tickets, and I'm gonna check to see. It was downtown mm. Chicago somewhere, mm. but I say that to say, well, I, this I, is I, where I'm going. So, but I'm I'm gonna check to see if it's still there. But yeah, okay, all right. Okay, well, thank you so very much for being a guest on thank the show. You. Oh, I'm so excited. No, thank you. you. I'm honored. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Please tell the people where they can find you. Um, you can find me on social media um, for my um, office. It is Instagram, LadyJusticeChicago.com. Um, for Facebook, it's LadyJusticeChicago.com. Dot com uh, under the law office of Elise Jones, of course. And then, and then also um, you can Google my name, not to say that, just Google Elise. It's spelled kind of unique. So, you know, most of the leases will be me. <laughs> you can do that um, or visit my website, ladyjusticechicago.com. So L-A-D-Y-J-U-S-T-I-C-E, justicechicago.com. Period, boo. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Love you so much. Love you too. All right. I want to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Lovish Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, share the love. Share with your auntie. Share with your mama. Share with your best friend. And then head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Reviews help the podcast to grow. Well, that is all I have for you this week. I will talk to you later. Bye.